Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Data Endures September Tech Talk. Um, we have a special event today. Um, we're delighted to invite Brian Moody to the Tech Talk. He is our Vice President of Managed Security Services. So, Brian, welcome. Thank you. Happy to be here. And nice to have you here, Brian. <laughs> joining us, as always, is, is Shaheen Peruz, our Chief Technology Officer and Chief Information Security Officer, and I am Kirsten Burke. We're delighted to be here and actually are taking on a, a, a very hot and interesting topic today um, around cyber insurance. And um, we are seeing more and more customers struggling with um, how to both get insured and stay insured. Um, the market is changing quickly. Um, insurance companies um, obviously are, are struggling with this. And, um, you know, with this evolving market and with so many more people being attacked, you know, how is it that they manage this business? So we really are bringing two of our experts to the table, right? Shaheen, from, from the technology perspective, um, Brian has been out there talking to a lot of customers. He's been talking to a lot of insurance companies. And so um, I'm super excited about this dialogue and um, we'll kick it off here. So Shaheen, um, tell us a little bit about what we are seeing out there in the conversations we're having with organizations, what is it they're struggling with most? Yeah, it's um, it's interesting. It's uh, the the cyber insurance um, interactions have changed over the last, I would say, three to five years. Um, five years ago, we, in, you know, including ourselves, when we were looking at cyber insurance from. 10 years ago to five years ago to today, um, if uh, if you started, it was we want to add a cyber writer to our insurance policy and it would be okay, it's, let's just for easy math say $10 a month more. Um, it's not that by the way, but um, let's just say it's something simple and it was an easy writer and you would add it on, you would sign some papers and you're insured for cyber incidents. And then Fast forward to five years later, there started to become more nation attacks. There started to become more ransomware. There was a concern. And so the insurers started thinking about, all right, we need to put a little bit more control around this. And those controls started coming in the form of um, putting uh, exceptions. So if there were nation state attacks and there were something that was out of the control of you know, a typical IT organization, then those things were excluded. So you had to really pay attention to what the small print was in your writers as somebody who was getting insured. And, uh, and so that created a little bit more interest. Fast forward to um, the beginning of COVID and all of a sudden ransomware increased by 600%. And fast forward to today where we're seeing a significant rise in attacks. And it's, you know, you look left and right, one of those people has been attacked and uh, maybe more than once. And that impact has created a, uh, a shift in the insurers, in the, in the companies that are doing the insuring, in terms of setting up more controls and more guidance and things you have to have in place in order to be eligible to get cyber insurance. So we're, we're seeing an uptick of customers coming to us and saying, we have to get cyber insurance for our uh, bank uh, uh, policies and control sets so that we can do get our loans, get what our, whatever, uh, we have to get it for our customers so that we can deliver services to them. But we have all these controls. We're not sure how to get these done quickly. How do we get these done quickly? We, we hadn't had these controls in place or requirements before. Um, some folks are getting lucky. Some folks are being put in as a legacy customer and you get 
you get grandfathered in for having been in with cyber insurance. Um, but again, you should pay attention to the small print. But some, but the folks that are trying to add insurance now, it's a lot more difficult than it was cyber insurance specifically 10 years ago. Well, and the interesting thing there too, is you mentioned the, I guess the use cases of, of the impetus for that um, need to be insured. And I think we're also seeing a lot more folks, maybe they don't have controls on them necessary, but the suppliers they work with do. And so, you know, they may have gone into it not even thinking, oh, well, we're okay, or we're all right doing what we're doing. But now when you have your partners or suppliers come to you and say, hey, for you to continue to do business with us, you know, you have to comply in a fashion that they never expected they had to. Right. They have covenants with whoever their upst upstream suppliers are or bankers or whoever. And so those covenants end up rolling downhill. And uh, the, the end of the chain suppliers who are typically smaller companies who are not able to build security teams and organizations that close all these gaps and controls are the ones that are getting impacted the most. Yeah, yeah. Well, Brian, um, let's bring you into the conversation. So obviously um, the insurance companies are, are in business to be a business, right? They're not nonprofits. Um, you take a look at what's going on in the market and by any data set you look at, right? Um, this is a problem. Um, I found research that said, you know, claims have risen 100% a year over the past three years. 200% um, uh, over the past three years are, are claims that have closed with a payment. So if you're in that business, you're thinking, all right, we got to get a handle on this um, and we got to figure out how to do it different. You've been having a lot of different conversations with um, the insurers about, you know, what their struggles are. Can you fill us in a little bit about the other side of the coin? Yeah, certainly. So, um, you know, we engaged our broker from a standpoint of kind of understanding what the insurance companies were were looking for. And to Sheen's point, it used to be, hey, we're just going to add a, a cyber insurance writer on top of your business insurance and, and, and here you go. And what the insurance companies have found is, is as cybersecurity uh, has matured, but much more so as the, the hacker community and the cyber criminals have, have matured in their attacks. Um, to Shaheen's point, you know, we saw a 100% increase in, you know, not probably not 100%, 700% increase in phishing attacks when we entered into the pandemic. Uh, in speaking with these insurance companies, they saw almost the same level of increase in claims mm -hmm. because the attacks that were occurring on um, their insurees um, were dramatic. So the insurance companies now are reeling a bit from that and they're kind of stepping back in assessing risk. How do I assess the risk of an organization in order to write a policy? And that's really where we data endure come in. And, and that was our ideology in engaging the insurance companies because it's, it's our platform that can very quickly and very dramatically increase the security protection and the security profile of an organization. We can dramatically and within 30 days, literally increase that uh, or decrease that security's uh, threat uh, vector uh, with respect to being attacked. So how are the insurance companies evaluating this? So Shaheen also brought an, an important point up is the insurance companies are trying to drive for a standard. And right now what we're seeing is there isn't one that's kind of across the board. 
So the challenge for our, our companies and businesses that are coming to us is they're required to have a SIM in place, to have MFA in place, to have email security in place, to have network security in place, to have an endpoint solution in place. Uh, and to Sheen's point about controls, having controls that are in place that are then backed up by a security infrastructure. So the insurance companies are now requiring this because they're trying to set matrices that say our risk is reduced, therefore I can write a policy based upon this product set. So as they try to evaluate that, the cost of a premium to the customer may go up if they don't have certain components in place. So it was very interesting to talk to some of these vice presidents over these cybersecurity units in these uh, insurance companies about how they are trying to assess their risk, how they're defining the price of a policy. And what I found inter interesting is they were saying, well, wait a minute, if Data and Door, seeing your platform, if that platform were employed in one of our insurees, I could potentially lower my premium because I know that that security infrastructure actually in reducing your customer's risk, the rebound effect is, is that we're able to reduce the insurer's risk. So the insurance company's risk. So we're seeing kind of that um, challenge that the insurance companies have around assessing their risk. Mm -hmm. um, but then also the synergy between we as uh, an extended uh, managed security services uh, partner to them in reducing their risk. Got it. Got it. Well, and and certainly you look at the market out there today and <laughs> she, she said kind of tongue in cheek, you look this way and that and someone has has been breached. Someone has had a ransomware attack. But that's that is the data, right? One out of two people are, you know, having that ransomware attack happen, you know, to end in their organization. And of those, up to 80% are being breached again. And so when you look at this trajectory, right, it doesn't look like good business for insurance. And, and certainly companies can't afford to continue to go through um, these devastate, these devastating attacks. And so, so, Obviously, it's in, in both of these parties' best interests to do better. Um, if I'm an organization, personally, I don't want to be breached. I don't want to have that financial impact. I don't want to have that brand impact. So how do I do better? And from the insurance companies, right, they don't stay in business if they can't figure out a way to do better. Well, another one of their big challenges here, Kirsten, is that they can define the type of service that you're required to have in place in order for them to write you. The challenge they have is they can't force you to use a particular product. So if they say you need an endpoint solution or a SIM solution, or let's say a, a network detection and response solution, they can define the type of solution you need. The challenge that really is weighing back on their risk is the customers then are going out into the market and seeking out a product um, and they'll, they'll implement it. So uh, I'll go grab a SIM. Well, and in most cases, what they're trying to find is the least expensive solution they can put in sure. place because it impacts their budget. So they're putting these solutions in oftentimes not the product that's got the greatest efficacy with respect to, to, to finding and or understanding what threat is coming into the organization. The second aspect of this is Shaheen uses the comment all the time is it's implementing a guard tower and not putting a guard tower in it. So what we're seeing is these companies are deploying these technologies and they don't have the staff to understand what the telemetry is. And in many cases, they stand them up and don't manage them. And what happens is they get breached. Mm -hmm. And the insurance company is checking a box saying you have that service. 
but it's not being managed. So is the insurance company's risk really reduced? Right. And again, I think that's where data and dirt comes in because we implement those infrastructures and then provide that seven by 24 human response, continuous instant response and professional technical knowledge with respect to what the telemetry is saying to be able to protect the customer, which again, that rebound effect is we're protecting the insurance company as well. There's a couple of things that we're doing that are very different than the marketplace. Um, if you go out and buy an EDR tool, and let's just say it's EDR tool ABC, and uh, let's say that Data Endure is also using EDR tool ABC, it's very easy for a customer to say, well, we don't need it managed. We're just going to get ABC. It's the same thing you're doing. It's great. We're fine. We're happy. The reality is it's not just the tool that we're using. It's not just the fact that we have people looking at the screens 24 by seven. We are continuously scouring the internet for new threats, new adversaries, new indications of compromise, and we load them into our EDR tool as indications of compromise. We load them into our SIM as threat vectors. We look for, we create correlation rules that say, if you see these three things happen together, it's definitely an attack, even if it's something that isn't identified by your tools because it hasn't happened to anybody else yet. So that level of professional um, experience and expertise that gets put to the table at the same price as buying the tool, by the way, Mm -hmm. uh, is, is significantly um, improving the security posture of all of our customers. So the conversation that Brian and I have had with some of these insurances, um, they, have a, uh, they have a channel um, which is basically saying that if you get an incident happening to you, if you get compromised, we have these preferred vendors to come in and help clean it up to do the incident response. Um, and that's assuming that most of these folks don't have a solid incident response plan, incident response team. You know, and as Brian said, part of our EDR offer, actually three of our offerings include continuous incident response. So if you don't have that, then you have to have some help from the outside. But um, what they're now talking, well, the conversations we're having, they're now thinking about how do we actually flip to the other side of this and put in some proactive measures and have preferred companies from a proactive perspective. And that's where we're getting excited in dialogues with them because we close that gap. We make sure that not only do you have EDR, but it's actually effective and it actually does what it's supposed to do. Not only do you have a SIM, but it's being monitored and looking for threats. So threat hunting is the missing piece. Just having the tools, let's say that the company sets up everything exactly the same as we did. All the same tools, and they collect all the same telemetry. But if nobody's spending the time to look at it, and if nobody's spending the time to create the correlation rules, and if nobody's spending the time to put the indications of compromise in, you're no better than the getting the stuff from the manufacturer and just turning it on and hope, pray that nothing happens to you. But the metrics don't say that's real. One out of every two companies is being attacked with ransomware. And out of those 50% that have the attack, 75% of the attacks end up encrypting systems in their environment. So that's, if you think about that, that's one out of every three companies is getting encrypted. That's a huge number. That's right. why I said at the beginning, look left and right. And one of those two folks, one of your two peers has had ransomware and has dealt with it. 80% of the people who have been attacked and encrypted will get attacked again 
because guess what? The bad guys have peers too. And they talk to each other and say, hey, that's a pretty easy target over there. Go fill your boots. Right, uh, so right. our, our job, our goal is let's stop that. Let's prevent it. Let's not let that happen. And that mission started um, six years ago when we had six customers in about six months get impacted by ransomware. And we helped them. We helped them get through it. We helped them recover. We got them back up. But, you know, I think um, I've said before on Tech Talks and I've said to many people in, in our prospect base and our customers, I felt like an ambulance chaser at the end of that. I felt like we were charging them after we you know, put bandages on them and helped them get up and help gave them a cane and helped them walk to the chair. And then we said, here's your bill. And that's not the kind of business we wanted to be. So we started focusing on the proactive side of security. And yeah. here we are today supporting customers in 23 countries. Well, you know, and just listening to you talk through that, right? The words that keep coming into my mind are active and passive, right? So um, security and cyber attacks are, are so dynamic and they're changing so fast that being okay with being passive is not okay. Checking a box is not okay and will not protect you, period. And, um, you know, even if you have a couple of layers, right? If those layers aren't working together, if they are not actively being managed, right? You've got all these false senses of security. And, you know, to be fair on the insurer's side, right? You understand why they're asking for this. Yep. Um, it's kind of like, you know, you you insure your home. They ask you, do you have an alarm? Do you have a lock? Do you, I mean, you know, what are you doing yourself to make sure that even independent of us, you're doing something to protect yourself. And, and unfortunately the game has changed. The adversary is smart. And so there's more and more that people just plain and simply need to do to be protected. And, and it's complicated and it's hard and it's costly. Um, and so it's not fun. And certainly none, no one really gets into business to have to deal with this, but that's what the market requires today. Um, so one thing I would say is, Brian mentioned earlier, the, the analogy I often use, which is um, having these tools in the passive state that you're talking about, Kirsten, is like having a guard tower without a guard. And the passive state of a guard tower is, oh, it sounds like there's some noise on the other side of the wall. I better run up the tower and see what's going on. At that point, you get to the top of the tower just as your adversaries have made it to the top and are shooting arrows at the people inside. It's too late. It's, it's already happened. You're now in forensics mode, trying to figure out where to plug holes. What are your weakest points in your walls and how do you try to block those? So you're, you have become reactive as opposed to proactive in term. And, you know, your moat at that point is worthless because they've already gotten across it. So that's the idea behind this whole proactive versus, um, uh, uh, sorry, um, Re reactive versus proactive. And so I, I feel um, that most of our industry is doing a disservice to our customers out there because they talk a great game, they build great tools, but great tools without great people are pointless. It's like if you have an amazing hammer, but that hammer sits in a drawer and never hits a nail, what's the point? Right. Right. Well, and, and, you know, Brian, over to you, um, obviously when people come to us, when we have organizations come to us and say, Hey, um, help us figure out this whole, this whole matrix, right? We, we have been told we need to be, we need to do these things to become insurable. 
And obviously at that point, there's usually an event or a trigger or, or some impetus that they need it ha to happen quickly, right? But they start looking at the line items, they look at the budgets, they look at the requirements and they're like, how do I, how do I, how do I get there? And, you know, you've been having a lot of conversations, Brian, with these folks. And, um, you know, this is a little bit of a data endure plug, right? Because we are here and we say it probably every tech talk, but it's all about time. And it's all about time to get you mature. It's all about time to be able to combat the adversary. It's all about time to be able to detect if and when something happens. So, you know, Brian, how, how is it and what are the conversations you're having with organizations about how, how can they get there cost effectively and how can they get there quickly? So I think um, what excites me most about this is, um, you know, in almost every one of our engagements, people have something in place. So, you know, so to your point, that question is, is how do I get there? Um, but we're coming into environments where, you know, half the building is already built, right? And so, you know, how, how do we finish the building in order to, to create, you know, or to Shaheen's standpoint, if we have the castles built, so how do we finish it to, to, to bring those protections uh, into the organization? Uh, and that's what I think is so effective about our platform is we brought 13 managed security services around an advanced managed security platform to market and that gappers or in a sense gap capabilities can be added in order to, to finish your building, right? So you might already be in subscriptions. And this is, I think, what really traps people is they, they get into a product, they get into a one, two, three-year subscription and the, the technology is changing so rapidly is how do we stay ahead of that curve? And I think that's what's so unique about Data Door is, is that we constantly annually evaluate the products that we implement within our services. And if we find something more effective and better, we change at no expense to our customer. So we take that technology debt away from our customer, but they can very easily enter into our services by buying one or two or buying some of our package services to plug gaps. So it's not an all or nothing. Um, and I think that um, we help address those challenges in organizations right now um, in order to help them get to that next step. So how do we do it? Well, here's how we do a, a, a CIO assessment or a security assessment where we'll, we'll judge your gaps. And then we can fill those gaps and eventually grow together. What excited me most about our business back in 21 and the greatest area of growth for us was customers that had one-year contracts moved to three-year contracts with data and door managed security services. And on top of that, we saw 60% growth in our customers who added additional services in our portfolio to help continue to fill in those gaps. Mm -hmm. So the how-to is you need to assess a little bit about where you're at. And then we have the ability to either provide a full platform or we can gap to get you there. And to translate that back to our topic about our insurance companies is what excites me there is... Um, this one vice president that I was talking to looked at our platform and says, I have a ton of inbound every day where everyone tells me they're the best. What you haven't said is that you're the best. What you've said is, is that you evaluate efficacy to make sure you're bringing the best efficacy for cyber threat and resilience. And she said, if that's in place of my customer, I can reduce the cost of my policy to the customer. So this kind of synergy that exists between um, insurer risk technology and, and, and protecting our in, in customer, it seems to us that we could help reduce the cost of an overall managed security platform within a customer, but having our platform 
and using the words of a VP of an 8,000 plus person insurance company, she would have the comfort level to reduce her actual premium based upon the fact that our platform was deployed. And that seems to me to be just goodness that um, impacts everybody in this, in this cycle. Seems to give the advantage to the good guys. Yeah, I, I'd like to add a little um, clarity around efficacy of tools, uh, because I think it's important for the audience to understand that. Um, uh, this conversation um, was really around every manufacturer that comes to us says they do all the things you do, and they say they do it better than everybody else. How are they all right? How is it possible that every one of them is the best? And, and logically, it can't be. And that's the same conversation we have with our customers. Right. That you, know, you could pick a single tool or a two or three tool selection of products that you put together and you and you pick these three manufacturers because it was easy. There was they had they covered many of the functions and reduced the number of consoles you had to look at. That's all act, that's all very valid reasons to choose a technology. The problem is there is no single manufacturer that can stay the best for very long. Mm -hmm. There's always leapfrogging that happens from one manufacturer to the rest. And what we do instead is we don't develop the technologies that do these things. We do shootouts, we do POCs, we evaluate every year, each category. Are they still the most effective? Are they still doing what they, what they say they do? Are they the best in their category? And not only do we look at our own shootouts, but we also look at the industry analyst's perspective on those tools. And we do a comparison of what's real, what's fake. And we implement the best in-class technologies in a portfolio that we take to market. Well, and that just seems so critical if we go back to saying our adversaries are dynamic, right? Mm -hmm. They are changing. They are changing their, um, you know, where they focus, how they focus. And, and if I am a business, right, the, the worry that I might have about is what I bought last year um, that took me six months to deploy, <laughs> is, is, that, is that still good today? And, you know, you... To, to do this right, you almost have to get into the business of, of being a security expert. And I think that a lot of these organizations don't want to take that on. And, and so, you know, with, with the shootouts, you know, with the degree of inspection that we do is one side of it, but then the other side of it goes back to kind of this accelerated maturity, right? If I call you and say, I need to get there, um, I'm probably not okay with getting there in six months to a year, right? And my insurance company is probably not going to say, oh yeah, that's okay. You just get there when you can, you know, right. we'll insure you. I need to get there. I need to get there quickly. So, um, you know, Shaheen, talk to us a little bit about, um, you know, the accelerated time window that really can benefit these organizations with a managed service. Yeah, the um, typically in the managed space, um, uh, the, the managed services companies are selling technologies to customers and then managing them. It, it means that they have to implement that technology each time and create it from scratch and customize it for that customer. Uh, our approach is very different. We, we ourselves uh, OEM the technologies that I just talked about, the best in class technologies. We don't resell them. So the service that we're selling to our customers is actually, when we say it's EDR, it is an EDR service that is powered by some technology. And 
when that pro when that product needs to be changed and made because there's a more effective solution, we change that across all customers. The value and the advantage that that gives us is that we're able to we have this cookie cutter approach to how we roll out. We have the cake. Uh, I, I had an old um, uh, CMO that used to say, we're like the Betty Crocker of IT. The cake is baked 80% of the way, and it's the last 20% that we have to do for each customer. So that's the same thing here from a security perspective. We've, we've got the platform built, and it's just a matter of deploying endpoints or deploying sensors. We have a 30-day onboarding guarantee, and you can have your security posture changed from, let's say you're at a security maturity level of one or two, if you want to go all the way to level five, we can get you there in 30 days. Well, and the, the beauty of that too, um, when we go back and hear Brian talk about um, the, the technologies that insurance companies, companies are now requiring and the implementation that that takes, um, you think about all of this and Shaheen talking about guard towers and, 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 and castles, you know, if I'm a smaller business, right. If I am not some global brand, I'm thinking this is a really heavy lift, but the, the way that these managed services operate is it dramatically simplifies, um, for any size business, you know, being able to get to that very solid maturity level that, that your customers expect that your suppliers expect, right. Whether you're a large or small company, if I'm your customer, I don't care. I expect that my data is going to be protected. I expect that you're going to have the right protocols in place in order to do business with me. And so we're really able to, to level the playing field for these organizations too, that they're all able to get to a strong maturity posture um, at a cost basis that, that is affordable to them. And- um, I, we often hear what you just described by smaller customers that say, this sounds amazing, but there's no way we could possibly afford it. What I'm telling those of you who are out there listening and who are smaller and are struggling with these things is we make it so you absolutely can afford it and have the same security posture as a Fortune 100 company at a fraction of the price. It's you, We have customers who have said, are you serious? This is the bill? And, and the answer is yes, it's we it's all designed to scale up or down. Well, which is great would, for the would, economic would. market, right? I mean, you know, yeah. being able to be cost effective and, and scale with the dynamics that you face um, in this economy, that's that's a real benefit. Brian, what, what did you want to say? I, I was going to add from the insurance side of things, from the perspective, from the, from the, the conversation that I've been having, is this is one of the topics that they picked up on, right? Uh, is the proactive approach that we bring to security. Because as an insurer, I wrote that policy a year ago. Mm -hmm. My requirements were put in place a year ago. The technology that I based my risk evaluation on in writing that policy was based upon a technology from a year ago. Mm -hmm. How has the, the, the cyber criminal community now thwarted those technologies? Right. And my customer is in a, a 12, 24 month contract. So um, the evaluation that data brings, uh, data endure brings to market of, with our products and our ability to change to make sure that we've got that efficacy in place. Um, I've had several of the insurers that I've been speaking to call that out to say, "Wow," hmm. because it dramatically impacts their risk. Right. If I wrote that policy a year ago and the technologies in place don't protect my insuree, I'm writing out a million dollar check. 
Right. But if I've got a partner or if I've got a platform in place that's proactive with respect to that efficacy and moving with the threat, mm -hmm. my risk continues to be protected. And that's so that was one of the unique things that they called out that they don't see currently in the market is other products that are 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 maturing uh, to the threat vector like data endure does. Sure. And, and they, how would they know if, if the organization is, is doing it to check a box to get insured, right? They're not they going to be paying attention to growing it, changing it, and, 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 right. and moving it out. Great point. Um, well, I know we're up against time. So I, I just want to thank both of you for joining us. Um, it's, a, it's a really important topic that, that we've got a lot of people talking about these days. So hoping that what you heard was valuable. If you have any specific questions, we um, invite you and welcome you to reach out to us. The easiest way is info at dataindoor.com and, and we can route those um, to either Brian or Shaheen or, or the right person to talk to you. And you know, Shaheen mentioned, and we talk about this all the time for, for those who are trying to figure out how to get started. Um, he talked about our security health check. This is a complimentary service that we offer to organizations. We really do care about helping expose to you where your gaps are, where your risks are, where your challenges are, and, and so that you can action them. So if that's something that sounds like it might be a good starting place for you, uh, please let us know. Um, it's on our website, uh, dataendure.com. You can get to that health check right from the homepage. And with that, we will close out. Um, thank you, gentlemen, for joining us. It was an awesome conversation. And we will see you next month.